Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. And you know what time it is. Time for the two-minute drill episode. We'll get into that here. Um, we're also going to talk about the biggest takeaways from Week 7 in the NFL. And get into that Giannis Antetokounmpo signing that record extension in the NBA to stay with Milwaukee. All that coming up on today's episode. But first, we're going to hop right into this two-minute drill. Let's get it started. Get the timer up on the clock. NFL Week 7. Let's go. Bears defeat the Raiders 30-12 behind Brian Hoyer versus Tyson Bagnet. I think that's his last name. What a, what a you know, QB battle. But anyways, Bears win 30-12. Deontay Foreman, 89 rushing yards, 2 TDs, 31 receiving, and a touchdown on the day. Browns defeat the Colts 39-38. Kareem Hunt, game-winning one-yard TD run with 15 seconds left. Some very big controversy at the end of that game, the Colts getting called for two horrendous calls, including pass interference in the end zone that should not have been called as they lose. Bills lose to the Patriots, 29-25. Mac Jones, 272 passing yards, two TDs on the day, including the game-winning pass to Mike Kosicki in the end zone. Giants defeat the Commanders, 14-7. Tyrod Taylor through. For two passing TDs, 279 passing yards on the day. So, Daniel Jones only has like one on the year, doesn't he? So, Tyrod Taylor threw for more in this game than Daniel Jones did all year. There you go, Giant fans. You're now 2-5. and five. Falcons defeat the Bucks 16-13. Proving the 4-3. and three. Bucks follow 3-3. Three and three. The most glaring, you know, odd concern coming from this game. Bizon Robinson barely played. He played 11 snaps in. And he only got the carry on the foul like play of the game there. A little conspiracy. But anyways, Ravens defeat the Lions 38-6. Lamar Jackson, 357 passing yards, three TDs, and one rushing. Steelers defeat the Rams 24-17. Seahawks defeat the Cardinals 20-10. Pines, you know, two passing TDs. Broncos defeat the Packers 19-17. Chiefs beat the Chargers 31-17. Behind Pat Mahomes, 424 passing yards and four touchdowns. And Kelsey gets 179 receiving in one TD on National Tight End Day. Eagles defeat the Dolphins 31 to 17. AJ Brown 137 receiving yards and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts had three total TDs on the day. There you have it. There's your two-minute drill regarding this week's action in the NFL. So we got to get into a lot of takeaways here in, in regards to what you know happened in Week Seven, obviously. But first, here in the Super Family Reminder, Tuesday and Friday, new episodes are airing. Uh, they're available on all streaming platforms, including the website at sportstalkfromthecrib.com. You actually stream the episodes early there, including at 7 a.m. every Tuesday and Friday. Be sure to follow us on our social media accounts. It's Feel the Heat Entertainment. It's Feel the Heat E8, or excuse me, Feel the Heat ENT on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and X. So go check us out. Subscribe. You know, Follow. Give us a little shout out on the social media networks. Okay. So let's dive into the biggest takeaways from week seven in the NFL. So I guess the biggest takeaway really is the Lions and Dolphins are fake, right? You all had them at number one, number two in power rankings. Like they're the best team in the NFC is the Lions. Best team in the AFC is the Dolphins. Well, they put up a couple stinkers on Sunday. Maybe that's right. Or maybe we have the best quarterback matchup of all time in the Raiders and Bears when Brian Hoyer and Tyson Bagnett is 
Division two guy. Greatest QB matchup ever. Uh, they both really didn't do much. It was kind of hard to watch on some of them. But hey, that Tyson kid played all right, actually. I mean, his first NFL start. So Baker Mayfield, still Baker Mayfield. The Bills are struggling. They dropped another one. Patriots are not as bad as we thought they were. Uh, Tyrod Taylor should be the quarterback instead of Daniel Jones, New York fans. Baker Mayfield, still Baker Mayfield. Lamar Jackson playing like MVP Lamar Jackson. Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Chargers, same old Chargers. And as for the Packers, you know, Jordan Love kind of stinks. Um, so does Russell Wilson for the Broncos. Like, it's kind of hard to watch that offense still, right? And those are your takeaways, because that's kind of like what's going on. But let's dive into it to, like, really analyze it. Let's start with the Dolphins here. Obviously, high hopes up, man. 5-1 matchup going in against the Eagles. Both teams, you know, 5-1. Dolphins. And scrutinized a little bit coming into this game. They haven't beaten a winning team. All their wins this year have come with under 500 team. They got blown out by the Bills 48-20 on the road. Now they go into Philly. Pretty much get annihilated. It wasn't really this close. Their offense struggled. Get the ball going. The defense didn't actually play too bad most of the night. But the offense was just a main concern for the Dolphins. And that's as a team. That is, you know, averaging almost 500 yards. After this game, I think it's down about 470, 472 per game. That's still a lot. Still leads the NFL. But they struggled. They only had 216 passing yards by Tua. 45 rushing yards on the day. So 261 total yards of offense. That's not Miami football. That's not what we've seen. Coming accustomed to this high-flying offense. What's been, you know, best thing since the greatest show on turf. So I'll take a back seat a little bit, I guess, on this. And bad thing about the Dolphins, they have three backup linemen. They had a backup left tackle, backup left guard, backup center. Like, they're kind of hurting on the offensive side of the ball. But I think the most glaring factor is to us, yes, they did lose to another winning team, right? Yes, they haven't won again this year against a winning team. But that game last night, I don't think it was this all Dolphins being bad. How about the refs? Come on. I know we don't like to complain when we lose, but how does the refs have 10 penalties against the Dolphins and the Eagles had zero? Yes, you heard me. Eagles had zero penalties the whole entire game. Conspiracy much there's a lot of conspiracy going on in the NFL. NFL is rigged. We know. Damn. How do you get zero penalties? Especially that blaring one on the Dolphins were going for on fourth and fourth down. And Cedric Wilson's on the sideline gets face masked. Clear as day right in front of the ref. No call. You pulled his face mask, prevented him from catching the ball. That face mask is interference as well. So there was this numerous calls to holding that they were doing on Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips throughout the game too was where's the calls? So it's it was a horribly officiated game to me, especially in parts where you don't even throw a flag the whole game on the Eagles. That's like, like come on, not even one flag against them. It's a little much. On the flip side, you do really do got. Praise what Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown are doing. 
A.J. Brown's got, what, five straight games now with over 125 receiving yards. The guy's at 137 again in this one. Like, those guys are playing out of this world. So, A.J. Brown deserves a lot of credit. Jalen Hurts deserves a lot of credit. Sean Reddick coming off of that side, you know, on defense, deserves a lot of credit. You know, um, Dolphins just lost. Let's look at what they have going on uh, next game. At home against the Pats. Then they travel to Germany to play the Chiefs. Then they get to buy. So, Pats just beat the Bills. Let's not sleep on this Miami. You got to win the next game. Still one of the better teams in the league, obviously. But going forward, Miami, you got to win against where it counts. Get injuries back. I know Jalen Ramsey's on the verge of coming back for that defense, helping them out a little bit more. So we have not letting the number one wide receiver. That's the biggest Miami's biggest problem. They're letting the number one wide receiver on the opposing team just get yards and yards and touchdowns. Alan Thielen beat him the previous week. He had over 100 yards and a touchdown. So their number one is just smoking them. There were that was Xavier Howard this game too. So they were. Really hurting in the secondary as well. So hopefully some of these injuries come back and they get the guys on the field. When it matters against the teams that they got, the, the big teams that you want to have a victory against, you know. That's a takeaway there. Now let's hop into the Baltimore Ravens. They dominated the Detroit Lions. Man, they just murked them up and down the field with physical both sides, offense, defense. Blew them out 38-6. Lions, another team we thought. Super Bowl contenders, top five team in the league. They were number one on some people's power rankings heading into the week. Maybe not so much now because they just got dismantled out there. And I think I've got to do a lot of credit to the Ravens, offensive defense coordinator, especially Todd Munkin, man. Is this offense that he put in finally starting to turn the corner with Lamar Jackson because he played like his MVP self on Sunday? 357 passing yards. You know, he he was looking like Mahomes out there. He was getting the running game going. He had a rushing touchdown as well. So, obviously, that's still a big part. Can this offense keep going? Because they're all back. OBJ was on the field. Bateman was on the field. Uh, the rookie's playing very well. Zay Williams. So, they're playing very well. Zay Williams. I mean, Zay Flowers. Uh, the rookie there. But Baltimore, he's playing very like. Of course, you got Mark Andrews. He had two receiving TDs on the day, too. The offense should be good. This is one of my factors in the beginning of the season. I was like, this Baltimore Ravens team should be really good to be a, and be in that Super Bowl contending um, conversation. It's a matter how they, they seem to the last couple of years kind of falter towards the end of the season. We'll see how that comes up um, going forward. See, we are praising Lamar Jackson, right? Offense, finally turned the corner, doing what it's supposed to do. Gets a good Detroit Lions team. It was just one of those fluke games. Lamar Jackson seems to own the NFC, though. He just owns NFC teams. But these are a look at um, schedule coming up for the Ravens. At Cardinals, Seahawks, Browns, Bengals, at Chargers. Yeah, yeah, a couple of divisional games in there. Maybe some tough road matchups, but... You never know what happened in the desert either. But um, <laughs> this Baltimore team could come out of this stretch with some wins here. And like I said before, we're talking about Lamar Jackson. We're talking about this offense. But what about that defense? Baltimore defense finally back? 
They haven't faced like no top tier quality quarterbacks yet, really, this year. They've gotten kind of lucky with that. But something to note they're only allowing 14 points a game. It's 13.9, be exact. That's first. 271.1 total yards a game. 176 of that's passing. That's it. That's all they're allowing so far per game. We're through seven weeks here. That's pretty damn impressive. Considering, like, you know, how pass-happy and great offenses are in the league now, it's something you wouldn't expect. But this Baltimore defense is extremely underrated so far this year. They're playing pretty damn good ball, and they're getting back to their old self. That's why this Baltimore team could be very dangerous if everything is clicking like this, and they're playing the old school defense like they used to. Lamar Jackson in this offense starts clicking a little bit because they have weapons. There's no excuse for what's happening on the field sometimes, I believe, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But this team could be very dangerous. And I don't know if I would want to play them if they can keep this up, especially with the consistency, because that's what we want to see in the NFL. First, we thought the Chiefs are showing consistency, right? The Eagles, for the most part, showing consistency. They had that little fluke at the player up at the end of the Jets game a couple weeks ago. Can the Ravens show consistency? And that's how we know if they're going to be legit or not coming down the stretch. Okay, now let's talk a little basketball. Giannis Antetokounmpo signs the extension. Three years, $186 million. To stay in Milwaukee through the 2027-28 season, that's going to be a player option that year. He decides to get in, and he will be a Milwaukee Buck for the entire duration of Dame Lillard's contract, too, if he stays, you know. Um, he would have been a free agent after the 2025 season if he didn't do this, but all the way that way this NBA works, he can sign an extension this year. He's signing an extension in, like, what is it, another extension a couple years from now anyway, or three years. Like, Stay. Everybody was wondering why. Oh, no, Giannis, he's not going to be committed to Milwaukee. They got to make moves for him. They got to do this and that. Well, they got your Dame time, Dame Lillard, to uh, have one of the best tandems in the NBA. Coming this year, looking for that title, you know, bringing back to Milwaukee again. So Giannis wants to get back. He wants to win championships now, and this is what they're going to do. And um, I just want to know why. There was these reporters and everything thinking Giannis was not going to stay in Milwaukee if they even didn't make the move and blah, blah, blah. Like, if somebody offers you $186 million over three years, I think you're going to take it no matter what the situation is. That's over $60 mil a year. Are you kidding me? Jesus. Can I get some of that money, Giannis? I would like some of that. My gosh, he's getting Dame time money. That's what Dame's going to be getting. That I don't know how that's going to work in the cap. Because somebody got to look into how that's going to work with a cap situation. You have two players making over one hundred twenty, like one hundred twenty-five million dollars on your roster in a couple of years. Woo! Just two players will account for one hundred twenty-five million. Damn. But obviously, it's a no-brainer for Giannis to do this. It's a no-brainer for Milwaukee to do it, really, to keep them together because a couple of the best players in the league as a tandem, my goodness. Can't wait for the season to start. Season starts tomorrow. 
debut. So we'll be able to see how this all shakes up. Good to see all the exciting matchups. I can't wait. I'm glad the NBA is back. Now, it's not going to be this about football. Um, but this is going to be a scary tandem. Can't wait to see them in action. Um, they're the favorites to come out of the East. They were even the favorites without Dame. Probably to come out of the East. So, this is going to add to the stardom in Milwaukee. Who would have thought these two of the maybe top 10 players in the NBA play on the same team together? It's crazy. Um, so maybe the best tandem. I know, I know Wade LeBron was a great one, right? Uh, kind of reminds me, this one was going to remind me more of the Kobe and Shaq type of thing. Uh, more because Giannis is so dominant like Shaq is. Or was, you know, and Dame's got the outside shot and everything where you take you one-on-one. He's got that Kobe mentality a little bit, not afraid to shoot it at the, at the buzzer. And that's going to be the biggest thing with Milwaukee. The end. Now they have the closer. Now they have someone who's going to take the shot from downtown or wherever it is on the floor. You're going to want Dame to shoot it. So this is just can't wait for the season to start for this. Uh, but anyways, obviously no brainer from both sides party here. Who is going to turn down $186 million? All the threats of him wanting out of Milwaukee and not going to resign and not going to do the extension and all this. was just a bunch of talk. He's going to do it no matter what. Come on. I don't care what anybody says. It was just all talk, really. Hey, congrats on getting your money. And look out for Milwaukee, because this is going to be scary. Everything works out and everybody stays healthy. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. And thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Remember, new episodes air every every Tuesday and Friday. It's available on all streaming platforms. Be sure to check out the website at sportstalkfromthecrib.com. We stream the uh, podcast on the website there, too. And it's earlier. So 7 a.m. every Tuesday and Friday, you can stream the episodes right off the website. Uh, be sure to check us out on social media. Feel the Heat Entertainment. Feel the Heat ENT. We're on Facebook, Instagram, X, and YouTube. So give us a follow, subscribe to those channels. And thank you all for joining me again. See you all on Friday. Enjoy your day.